exact bra heads, high quality stainless steel bra heads at a great value. By working with manufacturers that get the highest quality materials and product at a great price. Ready to top five bra head from Lust Archery Review in 2022-2023. Check them out today for less than $25 for a three-pack of bra heads. And use code BLADE23 for free shipping. And uh, tell them from Brett from Blue River sent you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast, episode 76, uh, part two of our uh, Spring Thunder series. Uh, first off, before we get uh, started with the episode, I want to thank everybody that was at the uh, Deer and Turkey Expo in Indianapolis this past weekend and stopped in and saw us and, and bought some brawheads from uh, Exact Archery and told stories and that all kind of and that kind of stuff i just want to thank everybody it's cool to see everybody year after year at that show and and making friends with with other exhibitors and that kind of thing but i just wanted to th- throw that out there before i got started but um uh, dylan albright from uh, tennessee had him on several episodes ago talking deer hunting in tennessee uh it's actually going to be my first stop uh turkey tour here coming up so me and dylan excited to uh get to hunt together for the first time but what's going on man not much how are you good man it's uh you know got some some crazy weather coming in so i figured i'd get this knocked out and you know the days i'm just counting the days down until i get to leave this state and go chase some turkeys and you know meet meet people like you and meet my other buddies that i've done trips with for years i'm just i'm ready to go turkey hunting it's it's killing me i bet i bet that expo didn't help <laughs> no it made it absolutely a thousand times worse was it a big turnout Oh, yeah, I had very good turnout, especially uh, Friday and Saturday were, I mean, jam-packed. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of people. That Not only did they have the Deer and uh, Turkey Expo to go to, it was, like, connected to the boat sport and travel show, so they get to see the boats and the RVs and all that kind of stuff. And I think even Saturday, they gave, like, the first so many kids a free fishing pole. So there, oh, was, wow. a line, there was a line 100 deep at the door when I pulled up to, to go inside and work. Yeah, that – when I done the the fall festival for Drake, it was like that. It was just so everybody was just trying to get in there as fast as they could to see all the new stuff they had. Yeah. So I, I bet the time goes by quick though when you're talking to that many people. It does, it does for sure. And then there's there's uh, you know times during the show it comes in waves basically, and yeah. you may have an an hour at the end or maybe a little more where stuff's kind of died off and you, you can kind of venture out a little bit and go talk to some other people working. A lot of people that we already know, you know, we've worked it before, and I've been going to that show for uh, well, that's the 26th annual. I bet I've went to at least 20 of them. Wow. Uh, and I and we got to see people from our hometown that have uh, the Knightstown Meat Locker. A lot of people like stopping in there and getting smoked sausage and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And he actually gave us a, a roll of summer sausage while we were there. So we were uh, in like Flynn while we were there because oh, the, the, the ladies next to us have, uh, sell Cutco knives. Uh, so we got the summer sausage on the on – the, uh, in the cutting board in the back and we're cutting off whenever we want and between the four of us it went pretty quick i bet snacking good though oh absolutely drinking some beers and i'm talking with a a lot of people i mean it not only were there people from indiana there there was a lot of people from illinois michigan ohio i mean it seems that show just seems to keep get bigger and bigger each year and it's drawing in some of the bigger names as far as exhibitors go. I mean, Osseo Camo, that's on one side of us. They're a very they've really blown up in the last couple of years. So you get to see meet and some meet and greet some pretty cool people. Yeah. Dustin Huff was just down from us. Um, I mean, we got to see some really cool stuff. And then you had the Indiana Wall of Fame. 
all the all the record book bucks from Indiana if, for people that participate to bring their their deer in, and I mean, there's some absolute giants. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've been to the NWTF. If you know, we go quite a bit, and it's just it's gotten to where it's crazy packed too, like just shoulder to shoulder the entire time, and and some new booths are popping up, man. I think I seen the retro camo. Have you seen that yet? Yeah, that I've seen that. Cool. Just camo we grew up wearing that they're just buying and then turning around and making an outrageous profit on. But yeah. it was pretty cool to see all that cool camo popping back up. I feel like that show has really, really uh, blown up. Like, I feel like getting an Airbnb or a hotel in Nashville for that, that week or weekend is uh, almost impossible. You'd have to book it now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, and I want to go. So, and we actually talked about uh, that to uh, to Victor while he was there. He said that he was going to try to get enough, a big enough Airbnb for some people to come down and, and go go down there and uh, you know put the finisher out there. You know, they do a real good yeah. job with uh, promoting that down there. Pretty, I'm sure it's a pretty big booth they got set up down there. But uh, just these shows, man, I, I, I hear some people kind of say they don't really like going to them. I've heard that, and I've heard, you know, it's the same stuff every year, yada, yeah. yada. But I have I have an absolute blast. Yeah, I'm not the one walking around buying stuff. But right. to, to sit there and, and um, promote a product and sell a product that I'm passionate about and then talk to other people from my home state, it, it's just a lot of fun. I have a, a blast working those shows. It you know it it may be somewhat similar each year, but the conversations are always different because each hunting season you know everybody experiences different things or different hunts. So it's nice to catch up to those guys and see kind of if they're still thriving or if they're struggling. You know because we've all had those years. Absolutely, and it's it's the second year of working the exact archery booth, so it's exact archery second year there. What was really cool is you got people that came up last year. And, you know, a lot of people are on the fence about switching brawheads. Everybody's got their brand. They like shooting and, and whatnot. But these people coming back, we want more, showing you pictures of stuff they killed, yeah. you know, just product stories and stuff. And that was probably one of the coolest parts, being a, a part of the second year for them. And, and then them having a new three-blade that came out. I mean, we almost sold out. We had like five boxes on Sunday left out of like 175 boxes yeah. uh, of, of the three-blade that he had brought. I mean, they were flying like hotcakes. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I'm gonna have to order some after the uh, fiasco with the velvet buck. That's for sure. Oh, then, dude, you yeah. love these these th this three blades, all one piece. It's it's super nice for sure. Yeah, which I'm fixing. To, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna break down and get me a new compound for this upcoming season. So a little more freedom from being able, like I'll be able to travel a little bit more. Um, so we've got everything ready to roll. We just I go. I'm gonna pick me up pro. I don't know what bow I'll get, but I'm gonna get me a bow and then chase some whitetail this year. I always I'll do the velvet hunt. I'll buy a bow just for the velvet hunt. Then I'll hunt the velvet and I'll hunt one or two times and I'll just sell it. <laughs> right. It's just too hot here, you know. Yeah. Um, I've got two crossbows here, but I'm going back to a compound. So. I'm thinking about getting, and people may laugh, I'm thinking about getting a crossbow just for turkey hunting. Man. I think it'd be a blast to just smash one with the crossbow at 20 yards. I've got a, a buddy, Sean, in Kentucky, and that's he hunts with that raven. And that's all he hunts with. And he killed like, he travels a lot too, but he killed like five last year with that crossbow. That's awesome. None of them went further than like 15 yards. Yeah. So. It was just switching. I mean, there's a ton of things that I want to like try out. It's 
just can be hard sometimes, just like I was talking about. It's hard to switch from brawl heads, but, you know, I'll, I'd like to have a 12-gauge setup, a 20-gauge setup, a 410 setup, a crossbow, yeah. a compound. I want to chase these things with everything known to man. <laughs> yeah, that I think I switched. Well, I didn't really switch, but I bought the 410 Stevens last year, mm-hmm. and I took my little girl hunting, and we smacked one at 25 yards, and he didn't move a muscle. That's awesome. And, yeah, then we shot one. I shot one with the A5, and he flopped around like crazy. So it's kind of mm. like, I think you, the 410, you kind of think, hey, this is a smaller caliber, smaller shell. I've really got to make it count. And I think I was more stable because it's so much lighter. And when it when it squeezed off, it was just, he just, he was done. <laughs> so it was cool to see a 410 do work like that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one thing I wanted to, uh, to touch on, which I'll connect the dots. You'll see here in a second. But you got to, I'm a big comedy person. You got to go see uh, Theo Vaughn uh, not yeah. that long ago, man. Dude, dude I, I mean, the connection is, you know, last year he got to kill his first bird uh, with Michael Waddell. I mean, that, can you imagine? I mean, your first dude. bird, your first time ever turkey hunting, and you're with the man, the myth, the legend. You know what yeah. I mean? And he had Caleb Presley with him. Yep. And, it, yeah, I watched that. And I actually watched it just again. And if – I would love to have just seen all the bloopers they had to cut out from that or couldn't air. <laughs> right. <laughs> because Theo is a wild man. Um, oh, for sure. We see him every time he comes through town. And uh, this year he was really firing. And, dude, he was he was all cylinders, just rolling. He done like 75 minutes. Wow. Yeah, So the, and he just – all new stuff, but somehow it ties into everything he's ever said. So you can't really say, hey – He's just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> if you had to pick a celebrity to have a, a turkey hunt with, it could be one of the, you know, um, mainstream hunting industry type guys or a, a famous athlete or, or something like that. Kind of the same question I, I ask you with the with the deer hunting in the, in the Mount Rushmore. But who's somebody kind of like a dream scenario you get to go turkey hunting with? I think it'd be cool to go with Joe Rogan. That'd be cool. You know, him and uh, and Steve Rinella went, and uh, they they pretty much just cracked up the entire time. But I think if you got Joe on, like, a real fired-up bird or something like that, he'd really tune up to it. Because I know he's all about the elk, and it's kind of they, – they call turkey out in the poor man's elk hunting. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that, I don't think. That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I've heard anyway. So you don't have to pack them out, you know, as much as an elk. Yeah. I don't really know who my dream scenario would be. There's something, just so many people that you could think of right off the top of your head. Um, I would probably go like a Dave Owens Panhoney project. I think that'd be really cool. And I would like to do it in a certain scenario. Like I don't want to go to some outfit or I don't want to go to his private piece in some badass state. I want to go, let's hit some public where a bunch of people have been hitting it. Mm -hmm. I want to see this dude really work his magic. You know what I mean? Yeah, and some people just have a way with calling that's just like, it just blows my mind. Like I was watching Michael Waddell, they done the youth hunt, and they got on like, they called like four birds in, in one day. And he's just like, he was doing different calls each time, different, you know, sequences. It was just wild to see, and I'm like, maybe if I slowed down a little bit and wasn't so gung-ho on the running gun, I'd probably pull a little bit more in, you know? Yeah. But I what we're doing is working, so we're we're <laughs> stick with it. But I I try to have the more patience, you know. Yeah. Because uh, you, how many times do you think that you've called and worked a bird and he's went quiet and you've waited twenty minutes, got up and left, 
and then maybe 10, 15 minutes later, he's right where you just were. Yeah, I mean, that, that's happened to me a million times for sure until I caught on to it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if, if I'm really working a bird, and I mean really working him, he's answering you, things are going your way, and he's getting closer, and it's just taking time. I'll wait it out. I'll wait an hour. Even, even as a running gunner, I'll still wait it out because I've had that happen before. You know, one of the worst times I can think of, um, I was working this bird forever, man. It was like, and there was two of them. I could tell that there was two different uh, birds gobbling when I was calling. And I'm like, dude, this is going to happen. You know, yada, yada. You know, half hour went by and they kind of shut up a little bit and, I was like, I'm over it. I'm going to go chase some more birds. I heard some more birds gobbling. I'm going to go on the other side of this mountain and chase chase these other ones gobbling. Uh, and as soon as I stood up, I, I saw I couldn't really see him because of the way this, this field dropped down. Uh, when I stood up, there was two tail fans, and, and they booked it, And which is crazy because those two birds went around the other side of the ridge, uh, and my dad and grandpa were on that side of the ridge, and my dad ended up killing one, and it was a double beard. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it, it could have been my first double beard ever. And it just happens, you know, that's something that you got to learn from when, you know, uh, from experience and, you know, move forward and try to figure yeah. it out next time. Yeah. I try to always now, even with deer, I'm like, oh, well, we'll reevaluate when we're leaving in 30 minutes. Like we'll see in 30 minutes and I'll just keep pushing it back because I had a same situation kind of happen <clears throat> when I first started hunting. Uh, where I live, they just cut us loose, and I I couldn't even drive. And me and my cousin, he wasn't a big turkey hunter, but we took off, and I had, like, hit the call. This is when I was having to use box calls because I couldn't run a mouth call. But I hit the box call, and we had some gobble, and it was, like, 20, 30 minutes. And he was like, dude, they're not coming in. Let's just get up and leave. Same thing. The hill dropped off. They were strutting right on where the sun was hitting the ridge. And, and I was like, oh, man, I just tried to ease down. And then they hit me with the, the putt, and they turned around. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst to hear when you hear that. You know you done really screwed up when you hear mm-hmm. that. <laughs> You're it's like, so crazy because like they'll bust you so fast that way. But then we've shot toms. We've doubled up and then had four or five toms that had came in in a big group stay. But it's like, okay, why don't that happen when I miss one, you know? Like they, they get out of town. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I asked you last time when you came on how you how you got involved uh, in hunting and being in the outdoors in, in general, but uh, how exactly or when exactly did you get started turkey hunting? So turkey hunting, it was a lot different than the deer because my dad had just deer hunted. That's all he ever done. And my grandmother had bought me some DV, just hunting DVDs out of the little case one time, and I was probably – fourth grade so i'd been deer hunting a little bit you know and uh i threw in i think it was a knot in hell you know one of those had like eddie salter all those used a montage of all these turkey hunts and uh, i would lay in there and just watch it and i was like man i want to do this first off it's warm you get to move more and it seems like it's more enticing as far as like you know hearing what's going on and uh man i worked and saved up and i went and got decoys and slate calls and everything and Dad was like, well, I've never turkey hunted. He's like, so I don't really know what we're going to go in here and do. And uh, luckily we had good spots. So we we hiked the hill. And, um, man, there was probably, I remember there was probably six or seven gobblers fire off. And uh, my first hunt, we didn't, they didn't come in. And I think it was calling air because we didn't know, we was probably over calling and just trying, trying too hard. And then the second morning, you know, I guess where dad had been deer hunting for so long, we kind of just went in, 
he had seen where they'd come down and where they were headed. So as they come around the bottom of the field, we ran to the top and just cut them off. And of course, the first bird I ever shot was a Jake because that was the first one that popped up. But I was like <laughs> already crawling across on my on my stomach and uh, the Mossberg 500. And then that really lit it up for me. And he was like, okay, well, he took me for the, probably the next two years and I killed a big double beard with him. And uh, I honestly think he, he, he wasn't too good at calling, so he would barely call a little bit. And for some reason, man, I killed five or six birds with him. That's Just because awesome. I think less was more. And then I, I finally hit the age where he was like, you go. He's like, I don't really enjoy the turkey and it's too much running around. So he let me loose. And, uh, man, he would drop me off. They would let me miss school to go. Like, we would watch weather. And I'd be like, look, you know, it's perfect weather in the morning. It's been raining for three days. Let me go. And they'd be like, all right, well, you need to go to school after you hunt. And uh, another – I had a teacher – um, John Fugit, he was wildlife management teacher, and man, he he was so awesome. He, me and him would link up before school. We'd go shoot turkeys, and then we'd go because I had his first period, and we'd shoot back into class. We'd clean them and everything. So it was just that. I think that was my first real taste of like actually doing something on my own as far as hunting and having that freedom. So it just turkeys probably. If it wasn't for watching my dog run working ducks, I'd say turkeys hands down my favorite. Yeah, that's hard. You know, that that's so hard because deer hunting and turkey hunting are so vastly different. Um, and I think I've said this and, and some people maybe listening to this that don't turkey hunt don't really understand it, but turkey hunt just like touches your soul in a whole nother like way than deer hunting does. You know, when I think of deer hunting, I think those really, really, I wouldn't say really, really cold, but cold, crisp November morning. There's just like this mm -hmm. smell in the air. It's the same thing for turkey hunting. You know, you know, it's warm. It's a spring. It's already, you know, 55, 60 degrees and the sun's not even up yet. Sun's coming up, birds chirping, and then these, they just start hammering yeah. and, then, and then just doing it with your buddies and, or your family and creating those memories uh running and gunning with people i mean that's just hard to oh shit are you still on there yeah oh man it like kicked me off for a second i don't know what oh, happened <laughs> well i just said another cuss word on here so i apologize but my my computer just almost kicked me off here yeah. uh but yeah sorry i don't know where i was going with that no you're, you're absolutely right there's mornings you walk out and you're like oh man this is turkey hunt weather like that that cool you kind of start off in a hoodie you're kind of maybe shivering a little bit because you know you're going to be doing some walking. Then that first that first bird fires up, and that's it. It's over. That's all. Oh, yeah. That's it all you need. Chills right up your spine really Especially quick. Especially, like, that moment where the, they're down and they answer, and you're like, he's coming. Like, yeah. me and my buddy, we've hunted since, like, 2010 together every year. And we kill a turkey every year together. And, man, we have a look, like, we can be completely quiet 15 yards apart and it's just like, he's coming. Oh, and yeah. We've oh, got yeah. it down to a science now, you know? And, uh, we, we've kind of really grown off of each other because like he wants to try some things I necessarily don't want to try, but he's always successful. I want to do some things that he don't necessarily like to do as far as like tactics or moving a little too, you know, fast or something like that. But I'm always successful. So like, when you get us together, something's dying. Like last <laughs> right. year, man, we, we make it a point every year to hunt. And they obviously took our bird. It's dwindled from four a year to three a year to two a year. And uh, last year, <clears throat> I called 
I called one in on an opening morning for my my friend Ben. He shot, and then I took Maddie that afternoon, and I shot one. Right, so I'm one and done. The next morning we go, and I had a chance to kill. He he was probably he come straight in, dude. It was beautiful. I had Ben with me, and he had like a seven inch beard, like it was. I sh- you know any other day I would have shot him, like been happy. But I was like, hey man, you know, I'm gonna hold off. And I was like, you can take him if you want to. And he was like, no, I'm just, you know, let's just watch and see what happens. So then the next day, me and Justin kills one opening day as well. So now we're both sitting on just one bird. And uh, I've got this really good farm. It butts into 600 acres. that's not touched at all. And it's a big cattle farm. And he's mm-hmm. like, man, let's go back in here. And, and like, all right, dude, like, I, you know, let's go. I'll, I'll go. So we walk back to this spot and it's, we actually flood it for duck hunting and then we un- we drain it that way all the grass grows mm-hmm. but it's a fence railroad tracks a fence and a creek separating that that farm from our farm we sat there we put dips in you know choose he barely hits it's, dude 700 yards away barely hear it i was like i think that was a bird he's like i do too so we like put our gloves on and we're you know and I, in my mind there's actually no way these birds are coming that far and crossing everything they have to cross. So I'm sitting there and then he hits the call, then two gobble. They're getting a little bit closer. And I'm like, all right, I was like, you start and then I'll, I'll pick it up, you quiet, and then, and we'll just, you know, back and forth. We do that and I look up about 600 yards out in the field. There comes one, there comes two, three, four, five big long beards come wow. straight out because i was like well, you know i was counting them off and i was like dude this may happen and he hits the call they all five of them blow up and they just come i hit the call then they all go into they come out of strut into like sleep and they just haul ass right towards us well the way the elevation is you can't see so i lose them and i'm like man i was like i don't know where they they went but when i sat down the a5 has the switch on the bottom so my shell had came out so yeah it was like just in there and uh i was like all right buddy and then we heard him drumming we was like all right we're, and then they just pop up 15 yards from us on the railroad tracks but he had a little bush in front of him and i he was like uh, where are they and i was like buddy they're the end of your gun like they're there he couldn't see now i was like man if they come any closer i'm gonna have to shoot because they're gonna bust us so they end up coming off the railroad tracks he finally sees he shot his at nine yards <laughs> wow, was there anything left of the head? <laughs> now, well, a little bit, but the wad actually bounced off his head. That's awesome. And then when I pulled the trigger, they had made it like 10 yards because mine just clicked. So I just racked one shot that we doubled. Great morning, but we're done. Yeah. Three hunts in. Done for <laughs> That's frustrating too, you know what I mean? Because then you, you want to keep going, but you're you're tagged out. That's why I travel so much uh, for turkeys. Yeah. Well, not only because I don't really have – much close to me but i i love catching these birds in different sceneries you know like we've talked about before i'll get to here in a minute you know you were talking about timber birds yeah i've hunted a lot of field birds that sort of thing you get a a a vast of of all that kind of stuff and um i don't know man it just it just hits home all this stuff just hits home turkey hunting is just it's just if somebody put a gun in my head and made me choose it would be so difficult to choose because i don't think i could do it uh yeah i'd say just go ahead and probably Put me down because I, I don't think I can <laughs> right. do it but because it is so different as far as the way you chase them, the weather. Um, 
but I'll be honest with you. I think, I mean, I've killed a lot of turkey. I tag out almost every year, so we do really well, but we chase them hard. So I think the majority of my birds, like probably 80, 85% are all timber birds. Yeah. Well, so, let's talk, let's talk about uh, Tennessee. Let's kind of underline that and focus on that for a second. But uh, what kind of, you know, terrain and, the farms that you're hunting, kind of lay it all out. Uh, what Tennessee hunting Tennessee is like for you? Well, we hunt, we hunt predominantly all private. Like mm-hmm. we'll we'll take the boat out every now and again and, and kind of fish and chase them. But we're hunting a lot of. I know where on all of our farms. I know where, unless we bump them or something, I know exactly within 15 yards of where they're going to roost. So some of my farms don't have the fields. The fields are on somebody else. So you know, all my chunks, we'll get in there and we'll try to cut them off on where we think they're going. Um, obviously they'll fly down, get with different hens. Um, so our stuff is mainly, I mean, there's a lot of ridges, bowls. They love to hang out on those bowls. Um, I've had older birds literally circle the bowl all the way around, just peeking his head over, trying to see if he could, you know, he busted us. But I mean, we're just, we're timber guys here and, and we really do. We, 90% of, well, yeah, I'd say 90 because unless we're just like crossing them and we see them in our fields, that's when we'll try to get on them, you know, Mm -hmm. in a field. But we're, and I, I don't really like afternoons. Like I don't like to hunt afternoons within like a hundred yards of their roost. I know it sounds crazy, but I want, yeah, I want them to be there when I come back in the morning. So I'd rather not risk sitting there and getting busted by, you know, 15, 20 hens coming in. And just come back in the morning because if we hunted there that morning, we knew where they're roosting. We know where they're going to go that night. So if I can, if I can strike one up and get him to work, uh, we'll do it. But you know, I try not to put any pressure on them as far as like where they roost. Right, especially when you said that you basically know on most of your farms where they're going to roost. Yeah. So if you if you really were in a pinch. Uh, you know, last day of season, or you're trying to get your buddy on one the last day of season, or something like that. You could probably get it done in the afternoon. I'm sure. You don't think I wouldn't cash that card in if it got down to the, to the <laughs> right. I sure would. Like I, that's my hail mary. I think is what I do. Um, I'm also fortunate to where I have all my farms or my leases. It's just me on them, so <clears throat> I don't have to worry about somebody else pressuring the birds or bumping them while I'm not in there, unless it's a poacher or something like that. But I'll rotate right. my farm. So, like, when you come in for open weekend, we're going to hit two farms that's not been hunted in three years and four years. So these birds should – and and I go in and I'll listen, you know, each year. And we do work on, on the property as far as, like, strut zones and all that stuff. So I know they're all there. But these should be really good, like, fresh birds. And then, like, you know, the farm that I killed the big one on last year, I mean, I will go in if I'm not striking any birds up and I know they're there, but I do try to keep enough farms to just rotate. So, like, you know, if me and you go in, kill Saturday, Sunday, that I'm going to skip that farm next year or try to anyway. And I feel like that's really helped me once I started rotating. It's helped me be more successful because I'm giving them more of a break than, you know, some of these public land birds who will start out, you know, point A, and then by the end of the season they've been called at or shot at and they're, 15 miles from where they started at because of all the pressure. Yeah. Talk about that work. You were talking about making strut zones and that sort of stuff. What kind of work do you put in on these farms uh, for turkeys? 
So before ducks even over, we my mind switching to turkey, and we're what we try to do is <clears throat> I know where all the birds roost, and we do food plots and stuff, and you know we'll feed when it's legal. So what I'll do is I'll go in and I'll I'll say okay, well this bird's roosting right here, let's make a strut zone from this this tree all the way to where he's going, you know for for food. So we'll take off on a weekend, we'll go in and we'll start just sawzalls and chainsaws. And we'll cut a, you know, a 10 foot wide road and we'll just cut everything plumb to the, to the food. And I started doing that about three years ago. And I don't know if you've ever done that. If you know, the birds are in there. I've got camera footage of them just strutting it as hard as they can. But, and then also we'll put them all around the fields. So like if I have a, you know, five acre field, I'll have a, a full strut zone cut around that entire field because later season those birds if they have been pressured they're not going to just come busting out in the field or the grass is higher right and they obviously don't you know the the hens will nest in it those toms like to be seen they like to strut so they'll get on those strut zone roads and they'll just burn it up that's awesome i've never really heard of anybody doing doing anything like that before but i could see where it would definitely work especially for um, maybe some timber birds that don't have a lot of openness to where they're at to, to run around in. When they all walk up on a big strut zone all the way down through the woods, they're probably burning it up. Oh, they do. And, and especially if you can get a really good one cut, like, you know, pretty good and wide. I mean, if you think about it, if you've ever been somewhere where a lot of four-wheelers ride, they'll get out there and they'll strut on those four-wheeler trails. Or if you're, you know, if you're watching one come in, they'll get out of the woods, hit those trails, come up and then you know they, they want to be seen so they're they're going to be in the most wide open you're not going to catch one like strutting straight through a thicket um, right <laughs> yeah. i mean you can't i mean we've had them pop up like that but yeah we i try to do anything to make it as easy for transit for those turkeys um i try to keep them plenty of food as far as like clover um we keep a we keep one area this is probably just overkill but i keep one area just disked up so like when it rains and stuff those worms will come up and do they burn that up it's just like one row of it being disked um and all the big fields we will go through and we'll mow like texas strip it we'll keep it mowed in the center with high on the edges and they stay on that so anything that i can do to get the the upper you know hand We'll also, like, when we cut those strut zones in, we'll take all that brush and we'll we'll pile it up in strategic little areas. That way it's not really a blind, but if you're coming in and you hear one fire up, we have spots throughout the whole, all the farms that you can just slip into pretty quick. So you're not, you know, setting bear on a tree. So we, we try to really plan it out as we're cutting everything. Like, hey, I think a bird would like to hit this because it's, you know, he coming off that high point coming down, he's going to be seen all the way down. Um, they're so smart and they can see so well. So anything that you can do to help them feel more comfortable and, you know, you obviously don't do it the, the week before season, but. Right. It sounds like you're doing it pr- pretty well in advance for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we just keep adding to it and we'll, we'll maintain them. We'll spray them. Um, <clears throat> I tried that grow and grow last year. Mm-hmm. And we done some pretty uh, on the strut zones. We would do like every 15 feet we'd rake leaves strut zone like you know plant the throw and grow then leave leaves and then throw and grow so we made a bag go like 600 yards just in little tufts and uh, the deer ate it before it really got good but yeah the turkey turkey loved it um 
and then you know we we obviously plant a bunch of corn and we leave standing corn and stuff like that so they they burn it up um but i've seen them in the millet a lot this year i guess they were chasing bugs probably um but we've got a lot of bearded hens around here too which are legal to shoot but all of our bearded hens have like pencil beards well, that's awesome I, i've yeah. i've never seen one in the like i've seen people that have had a mountain and stuff I've never really seen one when I'm hunting. I've seen them like driving around scouting and that sort of thing. Never had the opportunity to to kill a bearded hen or even be close to killing one. Yeah, so when you come down, we have one. She nests right out beside the big barn every year. And we'll be going turkey hunting and you'll see her. And we'll be coming back, you'll see her. And, uh, yeah, she just breaks off and she'll come down here and, and lay low. But she does. She has a – you almost have to be looking for it because it's so thin. But um, I don't know how true this is, but my wildlife teacher told me back in high school that you really wanted to leave those hens because they tend to produce more testosterone, which in theory could throw more, you know, male turkeys in breeding. That could be completely bogus. Um, I don't know. I've never looked into it. I just like to think that's a. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to almost ask them, but or you know, look look into that. But it, what you're saying makes makes sense. Yeah, but it's weird because like if you come down here, like. We kill a lot of double beards. We kill a lot of turkey with the barred fans, like mm-hmm. I showed you with the white. Um, yeah. And we got we got a few bearded hens, so it's pretty neat to see all that wild mix come into play. Yeah, especially in a sm- just a small area like that to have, you know, more than one oddity into that. That's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, it's crazy. But and our birds, I mean, a good bird will range from eighteen. We've killed them all the way up to twenty four, twenty five pounds. So you know you're getting some pretty good sized birds down here. Yeah, that's a those are some big birds. Seems like that birds I've killed here in Indiana. I mean, even uh, that one I killed had like a, a 12 inch beard, inch and an eighth birds or something like that. Pretty decent bird, but he only weighed like 17 pounds. He probably which, been chasing them hens hard. Well, that too that happens to the best of us. But like Kentucky, uh, even the Michigan bird, and definitely uh, the West Virginia birds that I was a part of last year. 23 22 23 pounds yeah. uh i think one of the ones we killed in kentucky one year was 24 25 but I mean, that's a that's, that's a that's a big big boy yeah and you know i get pumped up if it's an eight inch beard if, if it's if it's if it comes out and drops you know what i'm talking about like oh I'm, yeah i don't care um so and i'll get pumped up we've got we had a super jake come in hot last year or the year before last and that bird was gobbling he was, oh man, he was fired up. He come in with hens and everything, and me and my buddy was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> he had a full fan, and he had a full gobble. So I don't know what was up with that. And he had about a four inch beard on him, and we didn't shoot. We was like, "He'll be good," but it's just crazy to see like how. And they say I don't know, and we'll see if you know. But they say like a group of jakes will run off a tom. Yeah. I mean, he's overpowered. He's got five people beating him up. You know what I mean? I've seen, I've actually seen that before when I'm hunting. I don't know how often that occurs, but I have seen it. I mean, he tried to defend himself. Uh, what happened was I was sitting in a cow pasture or a horse pasture in Kentucky. And, uh, I was actually getting ready to make a move, happened to look up and saw a, a couple turkeys come through this gap in this fence. So I sat down, got the binoculars out. They were quite a ways off, but I knew they were working their way back to me because I was close to the roost. It was an yeah. evening hunt and I'm like, they got to be coming back this way sometime. And, uh, 27 birds end up coming through the fence uh, and I'm watching them the whole time. And the very back bird was, was a strutter. 
uh, and they made it their way across this field. And then the Jakes, there was probably, I don't know, four, maybe three or four of them, five of them. And, and they were just, they ganged up on him and they, yeah. they pushed him out the back. And I tried like hell to call that bird because they kind of went to my right and I was trying to just pull him up the ridge to me. Uh, I don't know if he was just heartbroken that a bunch of little boys just uh, put the yeah. whooping on him. But uh, he ended up roosting very, very close uh with the rest of the birds uh and i actually killed a tom the next morning i don't know if it was him or not but yeah. uh he was in the same group as him yeah uh yeah i've seen i've you know i've heard that i've never really i've seen it obviously if you shoot one and a, a group comes in they'll yeah right on him um do you run decoys a lot um it's all situational to me yeah. um sometimes i do sometimes i don't you know if we're gonna go you know set up on a spot i I don't really know where i'm going or, or what i'm getting into i'll bring it maybe yeah. not necessarily put it out with if 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 i hear him gobble and it's just a couple of gobbles here and there but i can still hear the hens mm-hmm. i might be like you know hold my gun for a second and i'll crawl out yeah. there and stick it out in the ground or the last couple of years i've had a lot of success um putting the 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 jake the three-quarter strut jake with the with the hen i used to run the pretty boy pretty girl back in the day where she sat on the ground and basically it looked like he was getting ready to uh to breed her and i've seen a lot a lot of birds react to that and it just, if i don't feel like bringing a decoy i don't you yeah. know it's not a, a huge deal to me but um it's fun either way but i've had a lot of success with decoys and without decoys yeah we we've had more without just because we'll hit spots and then if we fire one up it's normally we just sit down and, and try to get them in there but I've had, I've killed them over decoys. It's fun too, especially when you have that extra time to like enjoy it. Um, last year, I kind of, in the past couple of years, I've learned to kind of don't worry about the gobbler if he's with hens. Cut mm-hmm. that hen off every time you can. Get you her piss her off. <laughs> yeah. My buddy Ben, he uh, he'd only ever killed one turkey, and uh, they had pretty much deer hunted it, and so I took him uh, two years ago. And he killed a big one. And, like, it was one of those afternoon hunts where they were fired up, opening day, come straight in. Then last year, I was like, you know, we've hunted two years in a This will be the second year in a row. We can't not kill one, you know. So I was like, let's go to this spot. And we went. And uh, we when we were pulling in, we seen him down there with two hens. And he was like, oh, man, you know, because he's new to her. He's like, what's the odds of that? And I'm like, oh, we'll get him. So when we got up there, we got set up. And I was like, I called, and then she would call. And then I wouldn't call, and she would fire up. So I just cut her off. Then I'd quit. Like, I wouldn't even finish the sequence. i just cut her off. Then she would, and dude, it wasn't 10 minutes, here she come. And he was like, well, he's not with her. And I was like, oh, just wait. So she's probably 15 yards in front of the Tom. There he comes around the corner, full strut. He has, he has I had handed him my A5, and uh, I didn't even have a gun. And, dude, she gets, he was following her all the way up. And then what screwed us is that other hen had come around and dropped off the valley and she started purring and clucking and all kinds of stuff. So he turned. So this birds, the hens were kind of sitting right out in the middle of a field, like up against a tree. And I was like, Oh man, I was like, you're going to have to take your shot. And he's like, it's a little far. I think it was like 55. I mean, it was a, it was a poke, but she was on top of us and she was fixing to bust us. And dude, he squeezed off and he rolled that thing. <laughs> and then when we go, we, we were like, Whoa! you know we get all pumped up and we get up and the bird like gets up and i'm like oh man we're gonna shoot him again he just fell over i was like oh man thank goodness he didn't take off on us because we don't even we didn't even run down with the gun so we'd had to run up get the gun and like chase him down 
But yeah, dude, I've learned that like just patience. If you think he's not coming in, just give it a minute. Maybe spin around because he's probably going to circle you like a big buck does, you know, and they'll come in. Um, watch for like I'll, if I have a bird goblin and there's a thicket, like a 10 yard thicket right here, get around the thicket, like, or back up from it. Mm-hmm. And then um, a lot of times, like if I have a bird that, you know, quote unquote hangs up, I'll bounce around where I'm sitting 10, 15 yards. I'll shoot to the right. I'll shoot to the left. And then I'll kind of walk back, make it seem like I'm moving. And that mm-hmm. pulls them in a lot of times. Cause they're like, I can't lose her. I better go, go get her. So over the years, man, I've just learned to really play around with it, but stick where you're at because he's probably going to come in. Yeah. I I've pulled the, when the bird, when I feel like a bird's hanging up, I pulled the old, you know, raking the leaves beside yep. me. It sound like they're scratching kind of thing. I've done that. And it's kind of go back on the decoy talk and, and the similar talk. You know, I think maybe the time of the year, uh, mm-hmm. time of the, uh, the, 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 the period of your season, you know, at the beginning of your season to the end of your season, those tactics are going to, vastly change yeah. in a matter of just a couple of weeks yeah really in a weekend they can change depending on the pressure but like for sure well our season used to open on easter so juvenile was the weekend before so like late march they moved it back two weeks so we're the week after easter now and man i had to sit here and listen to these birds gobble <laughs> and bet. it was like perfect weather right so it was like low 70s then it was getting into like the 50s at night so it was just perfect. I'm like, these birds are going to be done. And then luckily, like we caught, you know, the best weekend. Um, but if we could have been out there a weekend earlier, man, it would have been, it would have been carnage because they were fired up. And then, of course, opening day, it always gets cold or, you know, you always get some sort of curveball thrown at you. Um, but we Hopefully don't not this year. <laughs> no, I'm, t- I'm so excited to have you down because I've got, I've got the whole weekend planned out. I'm like, and I'll, I'm, oh, man, it's going to be good. Oh, I can't wait, man. I've never hunted Tennessee for anything, uh, anything. I've fished Tennessee, um, many times, but I've never hunted there. Um, I'm excited to come down and add something new, um, to my Turkey tour, add something new that I've never done. Obviously I've chased Easterns my whole life, but just like we've talked before you, you having the timber birds, I really don't have that much, even living in Indiana, you would think I'd have that. Most of the, the birds that I've chased, uh, wild Turkey hunting, uh, it's basically all field birds. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we might get on some field birds here. I'm not going to say it won't happen, but even the big field behind the house, I set 10 yards off of it on the strut zones where I can see the field, but the ones we killed, I mean, they, they're coming down the strut zone. So we're, we're really tuned in with it. And then like when you're down and we're Turkey, I'm going to be like, all right, this is a tree I'm putting you in when you come back down for velvet. And this is, this is where they're going to come through. So I don't, it's, I'm not even just thinking about Turkey hunting when I'm Turkey hunting, you know, I'm looking for sheds. I'm looking for oh mushrooms, everything. Yeah. And we do get on a bunch of those morels. Oh yeah, if we if we do that, we're gonna have a hell of a fry up with some turkey, with some morels, maybe yeah. some fish to go in there with it. Yeah, because and I know some boys who they'll crappie fish, and then if they hear a bird, because we've got so much public land that runs along the lake, that they'll just mm-hmm. crappie fish until they hear one fire up, and then they'll park the boat and take off after it. That's awesome. I would love to be do do something like that. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun. And they do pretty well. You know that they'll kill a bird, so it's it's pretty neat to see how everybody um, pans out, but I, uh, you know, they do, they do a lot around here. Um, 
I know in some areas, turkey hunting or deer hunting or whatever, it gets so competitive in like a in, in, in an ill manner. Um, but around here, man, everybody's everybody's pumped up. Everybody's doing their own thing, and they do like turkey rodeos where you 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 know do a team and you see who can kill the biggest bird, and you have a certain check in, and uh, they do all kinds of fun stuff. And like you can go down to the gas station, like if we kill one, we'll go get us a a monster or more beer for the cooler and do <laughs> right. tailgates down with just birds or deer. Like it, it's pretty cool around here as far as that. Um, but yeah, so I don't think, I don't think season could get here soon enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, and, and we're, I've got camera, I got batteries in all the cameras. I've got them out and uh, I'm looking forward to starting to get the pictures. Cause me and the little ones was riding around this morning. And man, they were strutting in the field. I'm like, not yet, guys. Just hold off a little yeah, bit. Settle down there, bud. Settle but it, it was down. 65 degrees here with the rain moving in, so they were feeling good. So they were gobbling. They were they were fired up. But I mean, we got a, a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what about traditions? Do you, any of you and your buddies or you and your family members have any traditions? I know you got a uh, some kind of shirt you wear on opening day, right? Yeah, I do. I've got a uh, Haley. I call it my lucky uh, shirt. Haley hates it. My fiance. I'll put it on and she'll literally roll her eyes. Um, I, I've worn that for three uh, openers in a row, and we've killed birds double or killed two. Uh, me and Ben's both killed a bird on opening day every time I've had that shirt on. And then the season before, I, I shot one. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I, I hunt with like two people here that consistently show up and help me as far as like working on the farms and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Steven, big deer hunter. I got him into deer hunting and duck hunting, but he don't. He just never got into turkey. Mm -hmm. um, and Ben, he'll, he'll turkey hunt once or twice, and then it gets hot. And he's a big wakeboarder, so he's on the lake. You know, yeah. so it's really just me. And then last year, my my daughter was finally old enough to kind of go. So I killed a bird with her. Um, that was pretty cool. I sent you that video. Like I had yeah. five palms in front of me, or four or five. I don't even, I don't even remember. But she was just sitting in the blind playing. Yeah. Noise than the turkeys were, and they had no clue. That's awesome, man. I got a buddy similar to what you were talking about. Your buddy just deer hunting. I got a buddy, Randy. Uh, he kind of makes fun of us. Like we get pumped up and send pictures when we have a little group chat, uh, and he'll be like, I don't know why you guys are traveling to other, other States just to shoot a freaking bird. You know, what I mean? you, you go chase one, one time and, and get him fired up and get it that close. And then something goes wrong or he busts you. I think that's really what keeps everybody going back, you know, because it's like, ah, oh, I've been beat. Cause it is a, it's a chess game. Oh, for it's sure. out smart, you know, and with deer, sometimes it's just, you're just beating the wind or you've patterned them. So, you know, they're coming through, right. Or, you know, that they're in this area so you can catch mm -hmm. them kind of cruising and you have more range if you're using a muzzleloader or a gun. So to get a Turkey, you know, the, I call it the ultimate catfishing. Like if you can get a big Tom to actually commit and get in shotgun range and you, you close it, that's, that's, I mean, I've had them do it and I'm like, dang, that was such a smart bird. Then I've had them doing it. And I'm like, how did that just happen? You know, <laughs> right. that bird was not thinking correctly because he just, he gave it up way too easy. Um, but man, I think it's just like a deer in the rut. They've got one thing on their mind and that's what they're after. So for sure. If, if a, a sound of an Eastern hardwoods gobble does not get you shaken like a, yeah, I don't even I don't know what you, a crackhead. If you're, if you're not yeah. shaking like something's wrong with you, it's not for you. 
because yeah, whenever yeah. that first one fires off, especially if they're close, like right as I, I had, I shot one in my, actually one of my last birds in Kentucky that I killed. Um, I, I wanted him to come out of full strut. I didn't want to shoot him in full strut cause he was at 25 yards. Yeah. Uh, and I just put a couple of little notes out there on my mouth call. And as soon as he gobbled, I blew his brains out. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just something about that, that gobble that close. I mean, it'll just make you shake like a leaf, man. That and if you could bottle the feeling of it's gotten quiet, you, you was working a bird, and then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. like you start spitting out of nowhere, and yeah. you're like, okay, he's like he's close enough to bust me, I can't move, but you have to. It's such a or when like I took a kid, and you know to get a kid pumped up about it who who's not really interested in it or it has no clue what's supposed to happen. It's kind of harder to get them into it because they think that they're just going to gobble and that's normal or whatever. So I took this kid and uh, we had birds working and I actually, we left. I had lunch and I took him back and called a couple times, nothing. And then out of nowhere, just calm. I mean, dude, it sounded like he had a cam installed. Right. He just, the, yeah, the leaves moved when he gobbled and he was like 50 yards from us right over a, a little knob. And that, that little boy looked at me and his eyes were, you know, <laughs> right. he, was like, oh. he started shaking. And I was like, yeah, he's hooked now. And, uh, man, that little, the gun was moving like this. <laughs> yeah. And he had the 410 and I was trying to help him, you know, and he was just like, oh, I can't, I don't know. He said, I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> I was like, you aren't having a heart attack. I was like, just be quiet. And, uh, the bird, you know, obviously he, he busted us because, and we was walking out. He's like, shoo. He said, I don't know if I could do that again. <laughs> and I was like, I was like it, it comes, you know, but I get more pumped up now to watch somebody else get excited about a bird. Yeah. Um, I love working them. I love calling them in, but to see somebody else pull the trigger and like get pumped up like that, man, you can't, you can't sell that. No, you, you, I feel like sometimes when I'm looking down, I don't use a red dot on the 500. I just have like the little bead at the end and it's white mm. on my gun. I feel like sometimes when I am so focused on that bird and just I get tunnel vision and my vision almost goes blurry because mm-hmm. I'm just so trying not to mess it up and I'm getting ready to put the bead on him and 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 put and pull the trigger. It's just like almost like you could black out at any second. I feel like I honestly don't any deer that I've ever shot any turkey ducks. I never really remember like right. you know I don't remember the point where I'm like this is it because I, I my adrenaline dumps. I'm like all right good. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I tell you, when I, I was a Mossberg 500 guy, you know, <clears throat> and then I started duck hunting and obviously I switched over to an automatic and right. I just, I never went back to a pump. So I've not mm-hmm. hunted with that 500 in a long time, but man, I've smacked some turkey at some distance with that gun for yeah, the three. I mean, I'm talking, you know, maybe one or two shots. I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I did and it, it killed him. <laughs> Well, hopefully we can uh, maybe we can pull some doubles with five hundreds the first morning. That would, that would be, be epic. <laughs> I've got the four ten too, so if, if we bust them with the the Mossbergs, then you can switch it up and shoot with a four ten. I'd gladly shoot one with the four ten just to say I did it. Really, <laughs> I think it'd be like I said. I'd like to shoot one with just about everything just to switch it up. You know, what I mean, especially with the four ten, and you're making your way through the woods, and it feels like you don't have anything that you're lugging around. You'll be like, where's the closest gun store? We're going to get one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. You're like, you know, in those moments where the bird's coming in and you're having to like 
stay like this, the weight different is just, man, it's crazy. Yeah. You don't think that would make a big difference, but it makes a big difference. That's why I like wearing that knee. I have like a knee pad that I wear. That buttons um, on the bottom. It's got, got the foam V on the top. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, dude. Yeah. I will never not turkey hunt. I've had that same one since I when I start first started turkey hunting. Me and too. It's old school, like the army camo. My, I think mine's real tree, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It might be a yeah, different brand or something, but since before Walmart's had super Walmart's, right? Old, yeah. I, I keep that with me. Um, I run the Drake or the old Tom vest, the gunslinger. And dude, the only thing in my vest is shells and mouth calls. Well, I, that was getting ready to be one of my next questions. Let's do some vest talk. Uh, so you you run nothing but mouth calls. Is there a certain company uh, that yeah. you like on mouth calls? Woodhaven. 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 Yeah, Woodhaven's the only call. Um, and I buy a new one each year. Like I just run a brand new one each year because they're not they're inexpensive, and I'll buy a different one each year. So, like, I'll have all my other ones in here that if I can't or if I feel like it's, you know, superstitious, something like that, I'll switch up. But I run Woodhaven. I don't even hoot tubes or nothing like that. I, I just do it with my mouth. So, we fire them up. Um, but, yeah, my, my vest is pretty light. The the Gunslinger, though, is so comfortable. It's got the, the spine pad, mm-hmm. the big cushion, and then a couple, three, three-and-a-half-inch shells and or four-inch <laughs> shells, depending on what I'm hunting. And uh, sometimes I run a decoy. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of times I get so excited to get in there, I forget the decoy in the bed of the truck or <laughs> on my side. <clears throat> so, well, the, well, the, well, the first day I'll have to give you. Well, before the first day, when I get there uh, on Friday and we meet, we meet up, I'm gonna have to give you the. Uh, uh, the rundown on this camera because I'm gonna put it between your legs on opening morning. Absolutely, yeah, that's our, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna do my best to scout and have everything ready to roll. But I don't. I my goal is to get you down here, have one down, and then us chase me one, and yeah. then and then the next morning rinse and repeat. So Absolutely, I, I'm hoping to have you tagged out before you leave. I'm not even worried about it, buddy. I'm just ready to come down and, and hunt turkeys with you, whether we kill one or not. It doesn't matter to me. I just I have fun uh, just chasing oh, We're going to have a blast, that's for sure, because we're going to oh, bounce sure. around. You're going to know these back roads like it's your hometown. Oh, I like that. I like cruising back roads. Well, see, uh, arms are somewhat close to each other. They're all 15, 20 minutes. So, man, we'll, if we don't get one goblin, we're in the truck. We're driving to the next, the next farm, and we just – all day long we'll, we'll get on a bird that's for that's sure. awesome when i picture that i don't know why this may be the stupidest thing to ever come my out of my mouth but chasing tennessee gobblers on back roads for some reason i picture you picture you driving like a little toyota tacoma for some reason <laughs> which would be a badass little turkey truck you know yeah. what i mean we've done it you know um but yeah we and man i tell you what growing up we would People are like, well, you got a lot of spots to hunt. But if I see a bird strutting in the field, I'm going to stop and I'm going to ask. And there then you go. I build, I build that reputation. So I'll, hey, you won't let me hunt this year. That's fine. I'm going to stop by next year. I'm going to ask again. And then, <laughs> That's awesome. you know, and, but in a friendly way. And, you know, I've had farms that I've asked four years in a row that I've been told no, that they don't let anybody hunt. And then they're like, take off. He's out there, you know, go do it. <laughs> and I've, I've got farms like that somehow. But it's just like, you stop and you put it in you know and by the time you ask again they almost feel like they know you on a personal level than just some creep right. driving by you know <laughs> right. trying to chase a turkey <laughs> that's awesome uh 
obviously you're 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 a, a mossy oak bottomland when it comes to uh, your camo pattern, right? Yep, uh, bottomland everything. Yeah, underwear well, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so. A question I've been asking people, well, I'm, this is my second uh, Spring Thunder episode for the year, but uh, it's kind of going to be a reoccurring question that I'm going to ask some people, but tips for beginner turkey hunters. Say they've never turkey hunted before, or they got one year or something under your belt, yeah. under their belt. What's some tips that you could throw their way? I would say call less than what you think you need to call. Less is more sometimes with turkey, especially uh, – if you're starting out, you're probably not sounding the best. So just little sequences less and uh, don't sleep on the on the 12 o'clock to 4 o'clock window. That's some of the best time to hunt. Make sure you're out there um, and just concealment. Make sure you're, you're not sitting right out in the open on a tree. You know, don't be afraid to get five or six feet into some sort of, you know, fence row that's kind of grown up or put yourself in a position to where you can – you know, if you were walking through, would you see yourself? That's the way I look at it. Like if I was walking through here and I just was browsing around, would I bust? Like what I, would I see myself? So then, then subconsciously you're starting to find, you know, and I think if you can get with somebody who knows, you know, that's been around a little bit and you start building those good techniques, it's going to save you a lot of heartbreak because I had been busted because I didn't have a good setup. I've been busted because I called and they were right there. Um, and I've probably missed a lot of birds because I thought it was too hot or, you know, these birds were hung up or tied up with hens when in reality, we've got a lot of birds, you know, 12 o'clock to four because all the hens are on nest. So it's just kind of like you, like you said, the more you do it, the more you learn, but patience is the main thing. I think just like take your, take your time setting up, take your time calling. And uh, if you think you need to get up and leave, cause he's not gobbling, give it 30 minutes. He's probably oh, right. closer than you think. I think I've killed the most birds uh, throughout my turkey hunting experiences, like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. 9, 30, 10 o'clock has been like a very hot window, just like I was talking about with Seth on the last episode. Um, you know, if, if they're not hot off the off the roost, um, I'm not hot. I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to yeah. wait till things play out. I'm going to see how, feel, feel, feel the situation out, you know, and I'll, say he, you know, gets away from them hens and, you know, you hear him bust off one time or you hear, like you said, if you hear some hens, you know, talk back to them. Yeah. You don't know. You could call the hens in and they got five gobblers with them. You don't, yep. you don't. And they didn't gobble the whole time. You just didn't know they weren't hot that day. Yeah, we do that. We'll, I'll call it, we'll call it old Buicking. Like, hey, we're going to start out slow this morning like an old Buick. Like, just give us time to warm up because, man, I've, I've watched birds gobble like crazy on roofs, fly down into a field. We're in the woods. They gobble like crazy. They're with hens. Then the hens leave, give them no attention. They turn around and they beeline straight to us. Yep. Boom. I mean, it's just like if you can just wait it out. But it is hard when, you, when you've got one fired up, he's gobbling, he sounds like he's covering ground on you. Then all of a sudden he goes quiet or you can hear him getting further away. And it's just like, I'll tell you something else I've learned that like with just patience is if a bird is facing you, how much louder – that yeah. versus that if he's no facing shit. the other way yeah because we we was working the bird and i was like oh he's coming oh man he's going the other way now but in reality he was just spitting drumming spinning strutting and he was coming in he was just you know giving us different different gobble angles and uh 
man, it's just there's so many hunts that I've been on that I could just talk turkey all day. I could listen to people talk turkey all day. And uh, I love just, I'm so excited to have you, Dale, man. We've got, I appreciate it. And if you like, you're going to come down and you're going to be like, all right, what, what you doing this weekend? Because I'm coming back. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm coming back next. Well, I couldn't do the next weekend because I'll be in West Virginia. But uh, if maybe, I mean, I don't know. How long does turkey season last in Tennessee? Uh, for us, it should last two hunts. Two <laughs> right. <laughs> but, no, I think it ends in, uh, starts say, like the second weekend of March, I believe. You mean May? Or May, yeah. Yeah, yeah, May. I got you. Well, at the... If I have a, a tag left, it's probably not going to be very hard to convince my wife to come to Tennessee again. Or yeah, I might so stuff so close too, man. You can just, right. you know. Yeah, we're uh, actually. I, she may have already done it, but there was a. Um, I think it's a tiny house, Airbnb, mm-hmm. uh, close to where you're at. Um, you know, we had your address and location, and we yeah. went off of that. And I believe that she booked the the, the tiny home close That's to you, good, and it looked yeah. really nice. Is it is it like the interior white? I think so. Yeah, she showed yeah. me some pictures that looked really nice, which isn't going to matter because I'm not going to be there oh, hardly yeah. at all. She and she's really not going to be there that much either because they're going to go, you know, sightseeing and go do some stuff and have fun while I'm uh, busting some birds up with you. It's going to be so much fun. And then I've got you know we talked about that one kind of little celebrity style hunt. I've got it in the works. Um, so he he's he's a hundred percent down to come. And I think it's going to be later in April. So maybe we can line it up to where you can come down. That'd be great for the YouTube. Oh, absolutely. And, and the person he's talking about, if uh, if you've seen any viral videos on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or whatever, it's the guy in a blue shirt that dances. I don't even remember like what kind of dance. It's like folk dancing, right? Kind of yeah. like. Yeah, he's been on like ESPN, man. And, and he's I've talked to him quite a bit and uh, super nice guy. But he's like, I'll come get on a bird. I'm like, well, come on. Like, we'll get you on a bird. So I think if we could get him a bird on camera, throw it up on the YouTube, man, we'll have him clog. We'll have to all learn the clog that yeah. we if we get one. Oh, that would be like a really cool video. I think we, I, I was telling the wife about that last night and she was like, well, if you guys kill one, you guys, cause I'll, I'll do the dance. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how coordinated I'm going to be at dancing like that, but I'll give her a shot. <laughs> yeah. I don't think my ankles would hold up, man. <laughs> no. off. But yeah, I've got that in the works. I've got, um, you know, I've got some other things that I'm pretty sure as far as trip wise that, uh, I can take somebody. So if you've got a free weekend, we'll, we'll go even further south. Awesome. Yeah. So well, bu- well, buddy, it's been it's been a blast to have you on. I, I like this episode because we really didn't slam a bunch of these topics as they go right. in a lot of detail. We told a lot of our experiences, you know, gave some tips and, and some stuff for beginners and that kind of stuff too. I, I really like the way this episode played out uh, compared to really smashing all these different topics we kind of just yeah. bullshitted for an hour about turkey hunting and how we do things and i really like that yeah dude i got a lifetime of just bullshitting about hunting <laughs> as a job <laughs> right well man i appreciate it and i appreciate everybody um in podcast land listening to this and if you're on the on the youtube thank you for sticking around and 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 listening to our stuff but uh hey tell them where tell everybody where they can find you at on your socials man D Albright seven, um, across the board. Um, yeah, that that's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I post all my hunting stuff. TikTok's a lot of my, 
I don't really post much hunting on TikTok just because you get, you know, hit for it so hard. Yeah. Um, they pull the stuff down. So the TikTok's more outdoor dad stuff, but it's always entertaining. Absolutely. We'll go check Dylan out on his socials and whatnot, but we'll be back uh, next week for episode 77. Not sure the guests yet, haven't lined it up yet, but we'll find one and we'll have a blast doing it. You guys have a uh, good rest of your week and we'll see you back here again next week.